We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the lands and waters where we're recording from, the Awabakal and Wanarua peoples. We acknowledge the Awabakal and Wanarua elders, both past and present. Now Andrew Johns. Sights a little hole himself, he's great for reaches, and that's a title Andrew Johns. Great streak from the little halfback, and that's a good reward for a great game. It is Abu Mack for the Newcastle Knights in first grade. Andrew Johns scores the try, and that should wrap it up for the Knights. Coming to you live from Awabakal and Wanarua lands, you are listening to the Bay 53 podcast, part of the Sports Best Friends podcasting network and brought to you by A-plus Contracting and Polywelding. Your hosts are Bretto and the K-Dog, Knights fans from the supporters Bay 53 at McDonald Jones Stadium, home of the mighty Newcastle Knights. We recorded way too much last weekend, but this content was just too good to miss. So here is another bonus episode where Bretto and I discuss our expectations for the men's Knights team in 2022. Big shout out to Chad Randall as well, despite the fact that we are in fact talking about Chris. So do your ears a favour and have a listen to some extra Bay 53 podcast content brought to you by our major sponsor, A Plus Contracting and Polywelding. Newcastle are the premiers. We've obviously got, um, I, I think, fairly realistic but uh, fair expectations for our NRLW team. I, I'd like to think that we're aiming for top four. Bredo, when it comes to expectations for the NRL men's team, I mean, is it just a case now where you just throw your cards in the air and see where they land? What, what expectations can you realistically have for this team this year? Yeah, it's I I was fairly high on us before the Braley injury. Yeah, I really thought that we'd be we'd you know we'd be a real good chance at of at least hosting a, a final at some stage, you know, which makes it top six. But um, yeah, I, I just don't know with Braley out. I still think there's a move to be made at halfback. I still don't think that we might start the season with. It's Clune and Clifford, but I think at some stages there's going to be a move being made there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I th- honestly, I think we could be anywhere from some sort of fifth to twelfth. So look, let's let's talk about Jaden Braley. He's sort of uh, he is a hot topic, um, obviously because of his injury. But what I want to the reason I want to talk about Braley is the reason you and I think that his loss is such an impact is not is because we you and I we, we think he's a top five hooker in the game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. His his defense was probably the best of any well he was the top tackle maker for starts for, for season twenty twenty one. But I think his reading of the game and his delivery from dummy half is possibly one of the most underrated aspects of a player, not just a hooker, but a player in uh, in the men's game at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I you can really tell um, that he come through Shane Flanagan. He's very very much in that Sharks mob when they were one of the top teams in the competition. Of they go to the right point of the field at the right time most of the time, and he was very good at that. He was very very good at going at the right defender at the right time. It's funny what you say about read, like his read on the game. I'm certainly not going to sit here and say he is the next Cameron Smith. But one comment that did uh, that I did pick up on was a good friend of ours, 
at Harvey G pointed out there are some decisions that he makes that you're like that's the that's the right decision that no one else but Cameron Smith would make like that is the right decision to, to make that play at that time that good hookers just know what to do and when to do it yeah the we we got a lot of similar tries to what Melbourne used to score where you get the big man on the little man on the trial line where they just crash over and literally do nothing other than fall over the trial line and we got quite a few of those last year for that simple and that was a bit of a result of the new rule but also simply because he picked out the right defender exactly like Cameron Smith used to do. So we've, our, our, our top five hooker is out. As you've said, we're still working on who's going to be in the halves. We've, we've still got four spots left to make up the top 30. Uh, I maintain, you know, Luke Brooks is still a chance to come to the Knights, but we won't make too big a deal of that. Mate, you and I have said 2022 for the men's team, the Knights men's team, this is the year of no excuses. There's no excuses for the top 30. There's no excuses for Kalen Ponga not to deliver on the potential that we know, that we think we've seen. There's no excuses for Adam O'Brien. This is his third year in charge. Um, we need to be improving. We need to keep improving. You and I said top six is where we want to be aiming, where we should be aiming. But if we're if we're saying that this is a season of no excuses, surely then it's no excuse just because we've lost one player. No, I 100% agree with you. And I would I would 100% be on that bandwagon that losing Braley for half the season shouldn't change expectations, but we're the Knights. And as a Knights fan, you always just go, well, this is the start of the rot. So it's hard to sort of take that thinking out of the back of your head. Even with Braley fit, I mean, let's look at the first four games for the Knights, for the Knights men's team uh, in this season. We're away to the Roosters, where historically we love to go there and concede 40 and score nothing. We're at home to the Tigers, who historically we love to um, take that, uh, pencil that in as a W and not perform on the day. Except, then, in, 26, except in 2016 when we penciled in for an and got the W. <laughs> uh, bring back multi-ball PVL. Um, <laughs> Round three, we're away to the Panthers. Panthers haven't lost at home since uh, Andrew Johns was probably playing. And then round four, we're away to the Sharks. You know, probably coming off a, a tough, a tough um, game against the Panthers. Now, I, I should backtrack a little bit. The Panthers game is in Bathurst, so that does give us a little. I think gives a gives us a bit more of a chance there. But you, you never go into a game against the Panthers thinking that. It's going to be an, a W that you anticipate. And then come round five, we're playing against uh, the, the Sea Eagles, who are off the high of the that – is that is a hard start. Even with or without Braley, that is a very, very difficult start to the season. You throw in round six against the Dragons, who we just don't enjoy beating. Where do you, wins aren't going to be easy to come across in those no, first six no. games. Honestly, I'd be happy with two and four. Agreed. After those six weeks, if we can if we can win that Tigers one, and then yeah, steal one of the others, a two and a two and four start. Yeah, you know you're sort of you're six weeks into the Braley injury. You're sort of four or five weeks away from getting him back, most likely. Mm-hmm. If we if we can be two and four at that stage, I think that's a solid, a solid beginning. If we're two and four going into rounds seven and eight, it doesn't get any easier. Easier. We're then still playing against uh, two top six teams from 2021 at home to the Eels and the Storm. And I don't think we've beaten 
I don't think we've beaten the storm for a while. But and, we have uh, to. We, but we have to beat the Eagles. I'll I'll probably say last year when we absolutely crapped the bed against Parramatta. Mm-hmm. We we can't that can't happen this year. We have to beat the Eels at home if we consider ourselves a finals team. We do, we just have to. You can't keep losing those games. You can't keep losing against those sides, or you're just not a you're not a finals team. Do you think the Eels game has the potential to be a fairly early season determination on where this team is going to go in 2022? Absolutely. It's either the point where we've had an absolutely horrific start and that's your season right there. If you lose again, you're pretty much dead and buried. Or if you've had a reasonably solid start where it's a time to lay a marker down and say we're, we're a team that can, can compete for this competition or at least compete with the big boys on the block. I'll tell you the game that I've really got my eye on, Bretto, is our – and it, fares, it seems like a fairly innocuous game, but our round nine – away game to the Cowboys. One thing under the O'Brien tenure, and granted the O'Brien tenure has essentially been entirely under COVID, the COVID, you know, under the pandemic, but we have not travelled well to Townsville. We've travelled really poorly, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that the Cowboys' probably two biggest wins over the last two years have been against us. I think come round nine, if we're not, you know, performing then, I think there'd be a very strong argument to say that Adam O'Brien might not be the man for the Knights. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that that's, that's another one. It's just a must win. Last year we went up there and, um, yeah, and got blown off the park besides the fact that we kept it reasonably close for the first half. We um, That was really their last good performance for the year, the Cowboys. They never, they never really got close most of the rest of the season. they At that point, they were they were sort of, um, after they beat us quite comfortably, they were looking at it being a top eight side, but it was just that we made them look good. And we then improved greatly from there on, but you just can't keep losing the sides that are going to be in the bottom three or four, especially away. You, away wins are hard. You need, to win, you need to win those ones against the sides that shouldn't be able to compete with you on paper. So we finished with 12 losses in 2021. I think it was 12 losses in terms of the regular season. I'm pretty sure we finished 12 and 12. Six of those losses were to teams in the top six. So that means that we really finished with an 11 and six record against teams below us. We yeah. need to be better than that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the home losses to the Tigers and the Dragons were both unacceptable. The, Devastating. Uh, yeah. I've never been so. I, I can't. I, the only time I've been as hollow after a loss as I was after the Tigers game, and you know, Mick Pierce's three. It had nothing to do with the opposition. Pierce's three hundredth. You're at home, massive crowd. You hit the front late. Yes, yes. Um, the last time I've been that deflated after after a game was the was the flood loss against the Bulldogs in yeah. in 2020, and I really did think that the the Knights were going to end me. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like that, those are the games that you needed to win, need to win. Yeah, you, you, and then we obviously then um, got blown away by the Tigers at Magic Round. So you lose two games to a team that you shouldn't lose. You shouldn't lose to at all. That are in the well, bottom half. Well, didn't play finals. Yeah, you, you know, is, it, and, this and, is I, and simply are as good as us. The, yeah. Last year, last year we were a better team than them. Yeah, you, this you, isn't a swipe. This is not a swipe at the Tigers organization. This is simply a realization that a team that finished thirteenth shouldn't be beating a team that finished seventh twice in one season. 
Absolutely not. You, and you throw two of those wins on, and we're we're right there. You know, we're right there pushing Parramatta in, in sixth place. Like it, we last year, I still don't know how we finished seventh last year, and a lot of it was probably the draw because we lost so many games last year that we should not be losing. It was probably the draw. It was probably a combination as well of you, you got the impression that between the Knights, the Titans, the Sharks, the Warriors, and the Raiders, no one was really sure if they actually wanted to play finals. The, yeah, I mean, that's right. That's right. The, and, and and we and last year we were good at other than the Tigers game. We were very good at the games that we were in. We managed to get away, get ourselves over the line. Mm. So so, Brad, looking looking ahead to this season, um, you know, if we if we take a bit of time to look at our uh, our top 30 squad, the majority of people will tell you we've got a weaker squad this year than we had last year. I'm not sure I necessarily agree with that. Um, we've lost Braley, but Randall comes in. Now, I want to give a shout-out to good friend of the pod, uh, Nagy Nagwell, esteemed podcasting legend in, in Newcastle from uh, from that great show, The Joust, long, long may we remember it. He doesn't understand where this – where did it all of a sudden come from that this guy who made a record number of tackles on debut and had a good game last year against the Titans until he broke his wrist? Why is it now all of a sudden that people seem to think we've got a substandard hooker coming in to replace Jaden Braley? Because it's a real narrative. If the name doesn't leap off the page at you, people don't. People don't think they're any good. I mean, I mean, Chad Randall. There's got to be something good about him. We we decided to re-sign him. He's in the top thirty. He's our backup hooker. There has to be something there. Like, I don't, I don't understand how Chad Randall is this guy that shouldn't be playing first grade yet. He tackles everything that moves. He doesn't really have many an error in his game. And yeah, he's not, he's not the attacking threat Brady is. He's not the attacking threat that you'd want out of a first grade hooker. But he's more than solid enough. You know, he's he's going to do a hell of a lot better job in the middle than a guy like Mitch Rain. You know, he's, he's Andrew. McC- he's at least as good as Andrew McCulloch. And we're paying, we're paying him a heck of a lot, lot less than the Dragons pay, pay Andrew McCulloch. You know, like, I, I, I'm the same with you, mate. I don't understand where this narrative come from that he's no good. Yeah, he's not He's not Jaden Braley, but he's he's a he's first grade standard. I thought, um, I thought Chad... Sorry, my, I retract that. I thought I thought Chris um, had one of his better better games against. Uh, I thought he was one of our better performers against the um, the Broncos last year, and we were sort of playing we were playing a game that didn't really matter to us, and we just wanted to make sure that we didn't lose any players to injury. I thought he was one of our standouts in that last round last yeah, season. Absolutely, and he's a guy that's always taking his chance whenever he's got a run. He's done the job and he's never had a run at it. So, you know, a couple of months in first grade, by the end of it, we might think, you know, there's a, there's a genuine there's a genuine backup hooker that if Jaden Braley does go down at any stage or we need he needs a rest, that we can put we can plug that guy in and, and has no little effect. But just going back to your point about how a, a squad being weaker, to me that's a result of um, COVID. Those guys that we know that are very good young players, um, Jeremy Mamasia, Sorry, Jaira Mamasia, um, Pasami Paulo, Pasami Solo, even though he's had his ups and downs in first grade, um, Simi Sasagi, those guys that 
have either not shown their best in first grade or haven't really had a chance in first grade and they haven't then had exposure in reserve grade through TV and stuff and people see them play because that hasn't competitions haven't really happened for the last two years. Yeah. They're, they're really good players. Like Jairo Mamasia, I have no doubt at all, is going to be one of the best players in, in that um, lock position in the competition within three years. He's that good. There's no doubt. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Simi Sasagi could be the most exciting player in the NRL in two or three years' time. We have guys; they just haven't been exposed. Yes, we and have. That, been... And that doesn't mean that they're going to hit first grade running and everything's going to be great. But anyone that's seen those guys play know that they're really good players. And if they were playing it, uh, if, they, if they were playing Queensland Cup, whether on TV every week or they're playing it um, at Penrith where everyone sees them play and stuff. Everyone would be raving about them. Everyone talked about Melbourne getting guys from Queensland Cup. Well, these guys, if they were playing in Queensland Cup, they'd be the stars of the competition. We look at it, You look at our starting pack, which we're led to believe is probably the ninth best pack in the comp, according to Fox League um, articles. I'm looking at our starting pack. So come round one, you'll have a front row of uh, Sofidi, Randall, Sofidi, our... Back row will be Frizzell, Barnett. I think Kurt Mann is probably penciled in at lock. I don't. I don't necessarily agree that there are eight packs better than that in the NRL. There's not five packs better than that in the NRL, mate. And I get that we got knocked down a little bit because Braley's out. Completely mm-hmm. understandable. But to me, that turns us from the sort of third or fourth best pack to maybe the fifth or sixth, possibly at the worst seventh best pack. But we're, we're you know, our front row. We've got David Clemmer coming off the bench because he can't beat the Saifidis. Daniel Saifidi was UCF Isles' best player last year and has been really good in origin for a couple of years now. Jacob Saifidi was the Denny Medeiros medal winner. It's it's astonishing that that front row, That's is that not the best front row rotation in the competition? It's certainly the top couple. Um, Mitch, Mitch Barnett is just as solid an edge player as you're going to get. He has his ups and downs. He has his moments, but he, you know, he's certainly in the in the top half of edge back rollers in the competition. Tyson Frizzell is an established Origin player. He maybe wasn't quite his best last year, but he carried quite a few ankle injuries and stuff, which slowed him down a bit. And yeah, Kurt Mann is not known for playing lock, but I'm fairly confident he can do a job there. And if it doesn't work, we've got Jairo waiting in the wings. You look at the at some of the depth rotation there in terms of our bench and our. I mean, Brody Jones, uh, Lachlan Fitzgibbon, um, Suaso Sue. Th- th- those are players that have, have spent a fair bit of time, maybe not so much Brody Jones, but they, they've spent a fair bit of time starting. And all of a sudden, when fit, those boys are fighting for uh, a bench spot. And we obviously know there'll only be two of them there because you've got Clem on the bench. So, you know, again, the criticism that uh, that we have no depth as well well, you're starting to. Um, if you look, if you look at the fine print, uh, I think that's probably an unfair criticism as well. I don't think we have the deepest roster, but I don't think it's a crisis of depth in the Newcastle roster. But and the reason why we don't consider it to be the deepest roster, and people think it's a crisis of depth, because other than Clem and probably Lucky Fitz, we don't have the huge num the huge names that are coming off the bench or playing reserve grade. But that's not how we built the club. Our, our reserve grade team and our you know, the bottom end of our top 30 are the best young local players around and we haven't exposed them. They haven't been exposed. There's a reason why you don't expose them because if you expose those kids, they get stolen. 
So, you know, you and I agree, and we would like to think that the majority of Knights fans agree, that the ninth rating for our pack is probably a bit unfair. Let's talk about our backs as well. Uh, I think you and I agree that except for maybe the sixth position or the halves pairing, at least the back five picks itself. So you're sort of uh, looking at Ponga, uh, Hunt, uh, Gagai, Best, Tuala. There's your there's your one to five come round one. Yep, most Absolutely. likely. Yep, yeah, that, that's hundred percent round one. I, I don't think that'll probably be the the uh, the back five throughout the season. I really can see Dom Young well, um, getting a spot, but that's definitely the round one back five. And so. But therein lies my next my next point is that you've now got Dom Young, who by all reports is <laughs> training the house down, um, but by all reports is really putting pressure on those starters. And then uh, Edric Lee, by all reports, is uh, getting back to that that level that got him a start. Because remember, the last game he played was a state of origin game. All yeah. of a sudden, that you've got those two breathing down your neck. Um, there's a bit of be- there's a bit of depth um, there's a bit of depth for, for my liking in our backs. Absolutely, like and that's the thing. If Eddie if Eddie can be fully fit, he's a walk up start, isn't he? Yes. He's, he's an absolute he's an absolute walk up start. We were all devastated that we that Eddie missed the whole last year because our record proves that when Eddie plays, we win a lot more than we lose. Uh, Tex Hoy has done the job before. He's been a bit hit and miss, but he's got that first grade experience. We're expecting Simi Sasagi to step up this year. Phoenix Crossland is really moving more into that utility role. Mate, there's a lot to like here in that uh, in that top 30. I'm excited, mate. I'm excited about all those guys. And this year, the key to um, our club especially, and I imagine it's a lot of clubs, is that we need reserve grade to have a full season. It's really stopped us basically missing two years of reserve grade. And when we had a whole heap of our best youngsters hitting um, senior level, has really, really hurt us. Because Melbourne, all their guys have kept developing because they play Queensland Cup, which has gone ahead for the last two years. Um, yeah, it's really, 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 really affected our club really badly. And uh, Bailey Hodgson's another one. He needs he needs to be playing against men more. We really need a, um, a full season of reserve grade this year to... Um, to, to let, let those guys develop and see where they're at. And we can make a, probably a lot of decisions towards the end of this year about where our roster is. And you'll know what guys are ready to to, um, to have NRL contracts and are ready for first grade and what aren't. And we can go from there. And we've also got, you know, plenty of cap space. We've got Mitch's money, five or 600000 We already had probably half a million before that. So we've got a million bucks left in our salary cap. For four so more think, players. Like, yeah. For those four more players. Yeah, you know, like... I think I think we're in a really, really, really strong position. A um, couple of players as well who have probably not gotten the coverage that uh, we don't really – they're unknown entities, sorry, but Chris Villa-Ila and yep. Christian Mapapalangi. And I understand, uh, Chris played yesterday, I think, for the Harold Matz side. He got a double. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for SG Ball. Sorry, SG Ball. SG Ball, yeah. SG Ball, yeah. And our SG Ball side is stacked, absolutely stacked, because it um because of COVID, it's 90s again this year, not 18s. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's absolutely stacked. Um, yeah, there's a lot of guys, but Chris Mapapalanga, There the rumours about him we we got from Manly are that he is a freak, a freak talent, and we will likely see him playing reserve grade quite a bit this year. And um, yeah, hopefully we'll get a get a sign of things to come with him. 
So, Brad, with all of that in mind, there are some unknown entities. There's probably a little bit more depth there than we than we give the team credit for. We've still got four more spots to fill, and the Knights will fill those spots. Uh, I, I'd say they'll fill at least three of those um, come season start. They they like to historically, at least last couple of years, they've liked to keep that last spot open right up until deadline day. Mate, it's a season of no excuses. Injuries aside, it's not a factor anymore. Top six. Are we still aiming for top six in 2022? And the draw to start is not not the best for us, but no excuses. Is it top six or bust for the Knights in 2022? Yeah, absolutely. Top six or bust. I think if we're, if we're not um, showing that we're competitive with those top sides, Adam O'Brien might be um, looking for a new employer come 2023. And, and look, you know... The, the, my experience of Adam O'Brien and the Knights behind the scenes is that they're very um, they're very buoyant to start seasons. I actually think they'll probably be still aiming for top four, um, regardless of what they say in the public. You know, they got hammered for sort of stating that after last season. Everyone was like, oh, well, this will come back to haunt you. <laughs> what are they going to say? Oh, we want to aim for bottom four again next year and hope, hope think better thing. Like, I like that. Yeah. Aim, aim for it. If you're not aiming for top four, what are we doing here? If finishing six is, is a disappointment, that's the club I want to I want to support. I yes. don't want a club that finishes sixth and goes, we've had a great year. Yes. I, I want to be part of the club that finishes sixth and goes, well, that's probably a slight underachievement. We want to be top four next year. I don't want to be ce- I don't want to be celebrating first and second week exits like it's a moral victory. I want to be um, supporting a club that says second first and second week exits aren't enough. We want to be fighting for the trophy that matters. Or, you know, what, what's what's the point of starting the season? If you if you don't make if you don't make a prelim, you're not in the competition. It's as simple as that. Agreed. I'm no expert. I just love the game. But more than that, I love the community. If you're a fan of rugby league or the NRL, you'll love Big T's Tees. Unique, affordable, and made for fans. Find a link to the online store in the show notes below. You'd look good in one of Big T's tees. Look, Bruno, I, I do maintain that I'm still with you. I think anybody who doesn't think that the Knights are uh, uh, going to finish top, top six are kidding themselves. Uh, I like being excited about that. I'm, I'm happy to be robust about it. And I mean... You know, why change a habit of the last 40 years of getting excited by the Knights um, before on-field performances disappoint you? It, it's worked well for me to date. I don't, I'm not changing that anytime soon. If you're not excited and prepared for disappointment, then you're not a Knights fan. <laughs> I think they've started telling you that in the members pack as well. So, um... Absolutely, absolutely. It's the, it's the first line on the, um, the member brochure. We're excited for season 2022, but just remember to um, rein it in mid-season before you um, before you have a heart attack. <laughs> um, look, you know, I am excited about... Uh, we, we've said it before, we're going to keep saying it all season until we get proven otherwise. We are excited about Kalen Ponga. Uh, I think he is in line for a uh, Dallium calibre season. And I just think off the back of that, I think he's primed to say, look, injuries will come and go. I still think the injuries that will, will be manageable because I'm going to be the man. Yep, 
absolutely. Um, yeah, this this is the year, mate. This is this is this is the year. I I think the bar, barring an absolute disastrous injury for KP, he's an absolute lock for top three in the Dallium. Yeah, I, I, I think a lot of people will probably listen to that and say it's a huge call, but you know, I completely agree with you. I um, I think if you take away the unfair criticism of him and just look at the player, look at the impact, I mean, look at even what the stats say on the page, I don't think he's this inconsistent egomaniac that some would uh, that some would have you believe. Nah, that's, pure, that's purely fiction. That's purely purely a fictitious narrative. That's that's not KP at all. He's not he's not an egomaniac. It's all about the team. And yeah, he does do some things that um, people because they don't know KP consider selfish. But no, that's that's what he gets paid to do. He gets paid to, to be the man, so he tries to be the man. Look, and cards on the table. I'll, I'll, I've met, I've actually had the pleasure of meeting KP on a couple of occasions. I mean, one time at a game, I sort of said to him, "Look, there's a fan. There's a friend of mine. He's a big fan of yours. Um, he's sort of, you know, he's having a bit of a rough trot. Would you mind giving him just a pump up video to say hi?" And he said, "Yep, yeah, no worries." And and that that to me is the KP that that, that other people don't know. You know, he, he sort of didn't advertise that. And went, but uh, I think he genuinely has an affection for for Knights fans. Oh yeah, absolutely, mate. Absolutely, um, and that's that's been another issue with with the whole, all the COVID stuff that guys like KP they can't do what they like to do, which is get out in amongst the fans after games and stuff. He, um, that, that that that's a big part of who he is. He, I always remember when he first got here. You know, it was always him and Tony Mentality were always the last two on the field signing autographs, and that's never changed for KP. Bretto, um one of the reasons that we are able to um, share how much our love and affection for KP is because of our sponsor, A Plus Contracting and Polywelding, uh, one of the Knights sponsors and one of the one of the um, big contributors and backers of local rugby league and rugby league content. So we do thank them for their ongoing support. Um, Bretta, we might call it there. Thanks for listening to our midweek uh, special. We'll see everybody this weekend. See you guys. Enjoy the football. Sports Best Friends would like to thank you for listening right to the end. You are our kind of people. Find other great sports podcasts in our family by subscribing. And remember, social media isn't a bad place. You just need to follow the right people.